Hebrews, we're going to be in chapter 8. We're just going to read a couple of verses from chapter 7. Catch us back up from a couple of weeks ago. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for, the, for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. So again, Jesus is going to this position of high priest. <clears throat> He's going to continue this theme here through chapter 8 and just kind of picks right up on it here with verse 1. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. So all that stuff he's been saying, he says, here's our main point. <laughs> kind of nice when they announced that for you, didn't it? We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord created and not man. So here's his main point. We have, a, we have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is not down here on the earth ministering in the tabernacle. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God in the heavens. He's not on the earth. He's in the heavens. So he is, and it says Jesus is a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. He doesn't say temple. He says tabernacle and the true tabernacle. This means the one that's down here on earth is not the true one. The true one is up in heaven. Now, it does not mean true as compared to false. It means true as in this is the real and the one that's down here on the, on the earth is the shadow. Because we have types and shadows. We have things that are representative down here. So this is the sanctuary in heaven and our high priest ministers from there and not here on the earth is what he's getting to. Now, in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect, perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So that tabernacle is not made with hands, not with the, the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the holy, the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So the tabernacle that's in heaven was not made with hands. The one that's down here is made with hands. Now, the, the next... Thing I think I put in, I wrote the um, wrong reference there. It's 23 through 24 instead of what I put in there. <laughs> so sorry about that. I changed that one over. I didn't realize that until I was putting the scriptures in for the um, outline I have up here. Verse 23, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into himself into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So the tabernacle down here is called a copy. It's not the real thing. It's a copy. In Hebrews 10, verse 1, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. Now we've gone over things of that nature before, but the sacrifices down here aren't going to perfect anyone but him being a high priest of a different order and a different place even, that is going to. Uh, verse 19, same chapter. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. This is, of course, is a much even better holy of holies, better, better place. So now 
comparing this, this uh, theme here he's got with the true, the true tabernacle here, in John chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, we have the true light. I'm not going to read all these references. They're, they're there if you want to go and get them. In John chapter 6, verse 30 and 33, we have the true bread, which is actually what it's called. This is, he has the true bread. In John chapter 15, 1 and 2, we have the true vine. And there's a lot of other places in the scriptures where you'll see true as compared to either a copy or something that is given in, in temporary situations. It's not always true and false. So true here is not in contrast to what is false, but merely the shadow from the real. Colossians, let me read this for you. Chapter 2, verse 16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Anytime that you have a shadow, something is casting the shadow. So there's the real thing that casts the shadow. You can't have a shadow without something real. So what, what he's saying here is we have the real because we have the real. Now we have the shadow. Now he's going to go on here. Take this in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 8. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one, Christ, also have something to offer. So he's going to have gifts and sacrifices too. But he brings the sacrifice of his blood, not the sacrifice of bulls and goats. And it's not on a regular thing. The sacrifice was made down here on earth. And then he goes up into heaven. The tabernacle in heaven does, is not filled with blood. It's not filled with goats. Uh, uh, sacrifices, calves, and things like that. The one down here on the earth is. The copy is. But the real thing doesn't have that going on. Verse 4. For if he, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve to the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So this means that Moses, when he's on the mountain, actually saw the tabernacle in heaven. And we're going to get to the place where this is all done in the, exit, in the book of Exodus. But just picture that. Moses is up there in heaven. He's not just giving directions on here. Here's how you do it. This is what I want done. He says, this is the real thing. Now I want you to make a copy of that down there on the earth. But Moses is the guy who sees the real thing. As far as we know, he's the only guy who saw the real thing and he's coming down to make the copy of it. Now here's something that's interesting for you. Moses makes, <clears throat> makes, sees the copy, or sorry, sees the real thing, makes the copy. He's the only one who has first-hand reference to it. They carry that copy around. They set it up eventually in a permanent place, but it's still that particular thing until Solomon comes along and Solomon decides, I'm going to make, I'm going to make something more permanent. But he never saw the copy. He never saw the real thing. All he saw was the copy. So he's making something else based off the copy. So the building is a copy of the copy. And it may have lost some things in the translation. So when God's going to rebuild, and he says he's going to bring the... the tab- he talks about the tabernacle. He doesn't talk about the temple. And part of that could be the reason. Anyway, we can go on here. For if he were on the earth, verse 4... He would not be priest since they are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. So if he was on the earth, he wouldn't be priest because on the priest, the law was in a, was, was still go, they were still under the law or still operating under the law. If you're operating under the law, then the priests are going to be bringing sacrifices. They're operating at the temple and all this sort of thing. And Jesus wouldn't qualify because he does not qualify to be a Levitical priest under the law. So he's going to be a priest under a different order, which was Melchizedek. So he said if he was on the earth, 
he wouldn't be priest. Because even at that point, they still had priests. They still had Levite priests. And he said he wouldn't qualify. He wouldn't be one of those. Uh, who served the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So they were down here serving the copy and the shadow thinking it was the real thing. Now remember how upset they got about Jesus turned down the, te- the, the temple? And they were very protective of the temple. The temple was a copy of the copy. But they saw it as the real thing. And Jesus was talking about the real thing. But they could only see the copy. And they completely lost sight of the fact that this was a copy of the real thing. Look back in the book of Moses, uh, Exodus here with Moses. Exodus 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. So he saw it there. In verse 40, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Now, I have this in the New Century Version. I like the way they translated this verse. And this is the verse that Hebrews is quoting from. Be very careful to make make them by the plan I showed you on the mountain. In Exodus 26.30, and you shall rise up, or you shall raise up the tabernacle according to its pattern which you were shown on the mountain. So it's a number of different times where referring to the fact that Moses was shown the tabernacle. He's shown the pattern. He saw it. And therefore, he came on down and he, and he made the copy. But what he made was a copy. It was not the real thing. This is then later quoted by Stephen in his sermon that he gives. In Acts chapter 7, verse 44, Our fathers had a tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he appointed instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. So Stephen brings this in when he's talking to these folks because they're so hung up on the priesthood, they're so hung up on the law, that he says, look, Moses made this according to the pattern of what's in heaven. And of course he goes on to talk about how Jesus went on to heaven and Jesus was superior. They didn't like any of that at all. <clears throat> we'll get back to Stephen here in just a minute. In um, Exodus chapter 24, now he said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. This is in Exodus 24. Do take note of that. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but you shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. Verse 9. We're jumping down a few verses here. Then Moses went up also Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And they were under his feet, as it were a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law of the commandments, which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you. If any man has difficulty, let him Go to them. And so then Moses goes up on the mountain and he receives these things, some more things from God. He'd already received some things from God. Now he's going to receive some more things from God. But notice this. Moses, Joshua, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel saw 
God, before Moses goes up on the mountain, saw God. And they saw that the, him on that sapphire part there. I have no idea what's moving my, my mic here, but something is giving us a, a noise. Sorry, guys. So, put this question in your... My clip is not on, if that has any bearing to the fact. Let me see if that helps it to not be so noisy. Outside of that, everything else seems to be as it is, usually. All right, we'll see if that helps. So we look at who saw God. Seventy elders, Joshua, Moses, which you know they were up on the mountain anyway, Aaron was one, Nadab, and Abihu. They all saw God before Moses goes up. And so then Moses goes up and the children of Israel rebel in Exodus chapter 32. Where is this Moses? Let's make a God for us. And so they make the golden calf in Exodus 32, but this happens in Exodus 24. Seventy of the elders of Israel saw God and didn't die. Aaron saw God and didn't die. Nadab and Abihu saw God and didn't die. Now these, the 70 and the other three, that's 73 people that are down with the children of Israel who saw God and didn't die. God had given him and given the people there an image of himself. And what they saw, and what they saw was what God revealed. They didn't necessarily just, you can't just, it's not, seeing God is not something you can just walk into a place and see. God has to open up your eyes, you have to, it has to be revealed. So God opens up their eyes and allows them to see God. So it's revealed. It's not just seen, it's revealed. So I put that in parentheses. And they, they heard. God spoke to them through the law, through the things that Moses had said to them. So they heard the will of God. They heard the, the things of God. And they saw God. And they still, from that point, were able to rebel in Exodus chapter 32. In 40 days, they're able to rebel against God. Can you imagine that? Can you go from a place of seeing God in this kind of glory to a place where you rebel against Him in 40 days? That these 70 elders, plus Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, they could not talk to people I mean, how much talking did they try and do? We know from Aaron, well, you know these people. I mean, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? They, get, they go, somehow they're at the foot of the mountain, partway up the mountain, somewhere they're, they're in a spot where the rest of them aren't. And these guys, God reveals it to them. They see God, the rest of the people don't. They see God. They come on down. I mean, if you saw God, wouldn't you come on down and be talking about? I saw God. God didn't say be quiet about it. So they come on down. We saw God. What was it like? Well, it was, it was like this. And we have the description in the, in the scriptures. And that's what they're using to describe it. Wow. Oh, that must have been awesome. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was incredible. I couldn't believe that we were there and seeing this. 
Because I didn't think we ever could. And here we are, we're seeing God. It's one thing to come on through the Red Sea and know that God just split the Red Sea. It's another thing to see God uh, bring water from a rock. But now you're seeing God. So you saw all those miracles and now you're seeing God. And you can still go from this state and in 40 days rebel against them. Hmm. I think that is just absolutely amazing that people could do that. But they did. Now let's go back over to Acts. Acts chapter 6 verse 13. This is what they did against Stephen. They also set up false witness, false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. They set up false witnesses to say that he spoke against this holy place. And this holy place is a copy of the copy of the real thing. And they're protecting it in that way. And then the law, which God gave. And he's going to get into the law, how it's an inferior covenant to the other one. But they're protecting two things that are inferior against something that is superior. This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law, which we know he didn't do, but you know they're false witnesses. If they're false witnesses, then they're saying things that aren't true. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. But it didn't change them. They saw him as the face of an angel, but it didn't change them. They know they have false witnesses, but they're still going to use the false witnesses to come against him with everything they've got. Even though they know they hired them to say what they wanted to say, they're not saying anything true. Now, we had the same thing going on today. The news media can come out and say, unnamed sources say this about so-and-so. Oh, they did. Well, that person's no good. <laughs> and we immediately write that, write that off. It's amazing what the media can get away with anymore. They can just make an accusation. Well, it's possible that this might be. We don't know, but it might be. And then all of a sudden, that's the way it is. We don't need witnesses anymore. We don't need to know who said anything anymore. We just do that. And here we got the same thing going on with Stephen. They couldn't come against Stephen and the truth that he was or the spirit of God that was on his life. So they bring up false witnesses. We heard him say about this Jesus, that, that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. So everything is to protect the law and this place. They've lost sight of what was important. Now the Hebrews were facing strong opposition and persecution in accepting a new priesthood. And it was causing some to, to fall or to drift away. Take a look at some of the verses we've already covered in Hebrews. And there's some more that are to come. We're not going to write those down in here, but we'll, we'll see them. In Hebrews chapter 2, 1, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Where are they going to drift away from? The pressure is on to accept the superiority of the temple and the law. Whereas Christianity is saying the temple is not the superior thing because the superior thing is the temple that Jesus is ministering from because he's our high priest and he went on to heaven. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And he has made sacrifice once and for all for us. We don't need constant sacrifices. But the pressure was on to protect what they were doing, which was the sacrifices, the priest, the law. They wanted to protect all this. And so the pressure was on these folks 
to give in. He says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. When you hear the voice of, of Jesus, don't harden your, don't harden your hearts. Stay with it. Listen to Jesus. Don't, don't say, well, he, we can't go after Jesus because the pressure is on for us to accept the temple, the law, the priesthood, and to reject the things of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Why did they become dull of hearing? Because the pressure was on to accept these other things and to walk away from Christianity. That's why he's writing this letter to them. to say, look, don't give up on, on Christianity. Don't go back into the law. Jesus is superior. He has a different high priest ministry than what we had before. And now he's telling them he is of a temple that is the original. Or I'm sorry, tabernacle that's of the original, not the copy. This is what Moses saw when he made the copy. And Jesus is ministering from it now as our high priest. Can you imagine that? When Moses was around, we didn't have a high priest in heaven. Moses was a type of Christ to come in, in some ways. But, um, but we didn't have a high priest who was in the temple. We had priests that were down here. But the day was coming. So Stephen was going beyond the shadow here and saw the true because of what was revealed to him. God had revealed to him things like what, what Hebrews is writing about, but had revealed to him the things about heaven, the tabernacle in heaven, the priesthood from heaven. Stephen had seen this. He had, he had understood this. And so he's speaking from that, and these people can't handle that because to them, the copy is to be protected. And they couldn't see past the copy. No, we're gonna, we need to protect our, our temple. Even though the temple was the copy of the tabernacle, the tabernacle was the copy of what was in heaven. The tabernacle was made with people's hands. The tabernacle in heaven was not made with any human hand at all. I'd like to see the videotape on that being made. How did it, were, were angels used or did God just say, be? And shoo, there it is. Don't know. But oh, I'll tell you what. What a, what a thing that must be for Moses to see. He saw the tabernacle and we're going to make what we have down here on earth as a pattern. So much of what we have down here on earth, folks, is a pattern of what's up in heaven. Heaven's not going to be all that new to us. There'll be some things, of course, that'll be better. But earth is a pattern of what was in heaven. There's trees in heaven. There's animals in heaven. There's seas of glass in heaven. We have seas of water down here. Maybe they have seas of water up in heaven too. We do, I don't know. It doesn't talk about them quite as much. But a lot of things that we have that, are that we know are down here on the earth are described up in heaven. Even the book of Revelation describes scenes that seem familiar to what's down here on the earth because the earth was patterned after heaven. God gave us a little bit of heaven down here on earth. So Stephen was going beyond the shadow and he was seeing the true. He's not that he was calling this false. He just saw it as a copy. He saw this is not the true thing. This is not the real thing. This is not what we need. What we need is up there. And Jesus Christ is now our high priest in heaven, in the tabernacle, at the right hand of the Father, 
And they couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle that the shadow wasn't the true. Isn't that something? You know, when you walk around, you have a shadow. And you can tell that's my shadow because you know your shape. And you can adjust that. You know, the sun gets higher, then your shadow might be shorter. The sun gets lower, your shadow might be longer. But you can still tell that's my shadow. Because you can adjust that and know that's your, your shape. But you don't have that shadow unless there's a reel. You've got to be there. But there's a whole lot more detail in the reel than there is in the shadow. But still enough detail in the shadow that you can tell what the reel is. So I put these things in your outline here for you. Have we accepted a shadow as the true? Have we, has God given us a shadow of something to come and we accepted it as the true? Now I'll let you meditate on this for a lot for your own selves. What kind of things could I be accepting a shadow as the real instead of the true as the real? But we'll go a, a, a few things here. <clears throat> and, and here's a couple of examples. Worship. There's worship in heaven, isn't there? We read in the book of Revelation how they all sat around and they sang songs. There's worship in heaven. We have worship down here. But what we have down here is a shadow of what is up there. That's the true. This is the shadow. I mean, it's good. We can enjoy it. But it's a shadow. Prayer. Down here, it's a shadow for what's going to be up there. I mean, prayer is just talking to God. We're going to be talking to God up there. Talking to God down here. There's a, there's a real... Just because we're in the New Testament doesn't mean all shadows are gone away with. I'm, I'm praying down here, but I'm going to be praying up there. There's revelation down here, but it's going to be different up there. So, in worship, in prayer, has the shadow become ordinary? Has the shadow become ordinary? I just, I'm just kind of used to this. This is just... You know, this is worship. All right, well, this is worship. You know, we'll sing songs for maybe 30 minutes or so. And I don't know, you know, as I'm doing that, you know, I might, something might come to mind and I might think of something else or I might check my phone or might write down a note that I didn't want to forget something for tomorrow. Because what we have, it's a shadow for what's real, but it can become ordinary to us. And we can sometimes forget this is patterned after something in heaven. That when they walked into the tabernacle, not using the temple here, just the, the tabernacle. When they walked into the tabernacle, how many times did they think, wow, this is a pattern of what's in heaven. This is a copy of what we're going to see in heaven. God thought so much of it that he brought Moses into a place that he could see it. And he said, Moses, I want you to see this so that you can make same thing down there. Now, you be careful. You be careful to make sure you get all the details right. I want this thing looking exactly the same. Don't miss anything. I want you, I want you to see this firsthand. So Moses is up there on the, on, the, on the mountain. However God did it, whether God took him to heaven, let him see it, whether God brought heaven down, whether he gave him a vision, however it was, Moses saw the tabernacle. He saw the original one. He saw the one in heaven. And God says, now you be careful. To make sure you do everything according to that pattern. 
everything according to the way I laid it out. Now think about this. When we have our worship time, when I'm worshiping, whether it's by myself or I'm worshiping with other people, do we realize that we're following a pattern? Can you imagine being in heaven and checking your phone during worship? Could you imagine being in heaven in the presence of God and writing out a note what you need to do tomorrow while we're in worship? You see, sometimes the shadow that we have can become ordinary. We don't think of it as this is something brought down to us from heaven for us to enjoy here on the earth. And we participate in it, but it becomes very ordinary to us. Prayer can be that way too. We sometimes just pray what we want. We pray what we feel. We pray what we think God ought to do. We don't go to His Word. We don't go to His Word to find out. That's why we're spending some time here on Sunday mornings talking about the promises of God. Because when I go to God, I want to make sure I'm going to Him with something that He wants to do the way He told me to do it. I've got to make sure that I'm walking according to the pattern. And He's given me the pattern in the Word of God. Because for some people, prayer has become ordinary. They pray. Oh God, you know I need this. Oh God. But they don't expect a whole lot out of it. It's, it's ordinary to them. It's just something that you do. Has what we've been given as a pattern of what is to come, has it become ordinary to us? For Stephen... That's why I love using him as an example in this thing. Stephen was being sucked in to something so deep that his face shone like an angel. And the, the peop- he, was, he started out as a deacon, but he was getting sucked into the things of God so much that there was such a strong anointing on him that he was moving into other areas of ministry, not just deaconing. And they couldn't seem to, to stop this anointing that was on him. And this witness he was giving for the Lord Jesus Christ. So they decided of all the people that are out there, we need to make an example of this guy. We need to bring false witnesses up against him because we need to stop what he's doing. And Stephen kept getting sucked into the reality and not lost in the shadow. And it became more and more real until right there at the end, he said, the heavens opened. And he says, I see the Son, of, the Son of God. Standing. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff in that, isn't there? <laughs> oh, man. Because Stephen didn't see the ordinary. He was looking at what the, what the type was. And he was looking past it to see what did God have? What does God have in the pattern what is in heaven. And his prayer time was anything but ordinary and his worship time was anything but ordinary. Because most people who are standing before God don't look into heaven and see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. But Stephen did. Because things were being revealed to him about the substance that the shadow was from. So when we look at our Christian life today, 
Are there things that God has given us as a shadow that we see as the real thing? We're not looking past the shadow to see what is greater. We're not pressing in to find something deeper. Worship is just, well, you know, I'm just singing some songs. If I get distracted for a minute, it's no big deal. I don't see it as a shadow of what is to come. I don't see prayer as a shadow of what is to come. But if I could see them as the shadow, and I need to press in to find out the real. This is a copy. Doesn't mean that it's false. It just means that it's it's a shadow. It's not the it's not the whole thing. But if I press into God, I can get the real. I can find out what the real is. And our best example on this is Stephen and what he had done in his life. Boy, did it take him from a place of just taking care of the uh, ins and outs and duties of ministry to press it into all kinds of anointing, all kinds of things going on with him. So much so that the people who were holding up to the law in the building felt threatened. And they felt like we had to eliminate this guy. And he was taken out and stoned. If he saw Jesus standing, I don't think Jesus sat down until he got home. <laughs> hmm. How incredible is that? Well, I put this a note on your, the end here. Could we be like the elders of Israel and forsake such a great revelation? If the children of Israel, the 70 elders, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, if they had taken that revelation that God gave them and they said, we want to press into more. We want to see more. Don't you think more would have been available to them? But instead, in 40 days, it seems that they were part of the rebellion of rebelling against God. I'm sure not all the 70 elders, maybe some of those that were Levites, did not fall. But can you imagine being any one of them, having just come from the presence of God and forsaken it? If we want to press into things that are greater and deeper from God, we can't get lost in the shadow. We've got to press in for the revelation of what is real, of what the real thing is, and live after that. God has given us examples how to live the word, how to operate, how to walk in love, all these things. He's given us examples. But we need to press in ourselves and find out what is the revelation of that walk in love. What is that revelation of faith? What is that revelation of prayer, worship? And though I may be at a certain level, there's more for me to have. And there's something greater. Don't hit a spot like the elders did in Plateau. Feel like that's it. Can't get any better. We surely can. There's more for us to be had. Because now we have a high priest who doesn't minister out of a temple that's a shadow. It's a copy. He ministers out of the real thing. Our high priest is at the right hand of the Father and serves in the tabernacle 
in heaven. Father, we thank you for such a great high priest. Thank you for the things that you have given us, copies of things in heaven for us to see here on earth. But if we will press into you, just as you did for many others, you will let us see not just the copy, but the real thing. You will give us glimpses into heaven, glimpses into the, the true, not just the copy. And that comes through revelation. Our eyes can be open that we can see. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.